0: Despite all our differences, we share one thing in common. That's right, we all feel alive and actively perceive the present in this very moment. But here's the catch, my friends. This feeling of right now is in fact a little delayed. It takes about half a second for our brains to translate information into our consciences. If you think about it, technically, the future is already done for. But we're just not realizing this in due course. And that's not all. Our different senses pick up information each at their own pace, which means our brains have to drag some of them to give us a seamless sense of the present. It's like our brains are trying to stitch together a Frankenstein monster of sensory information in real time, and make it look pretty. But here's where things get really wild. Researchers have found that they can mess with this perception. When that standard delay is removed, our brains get confused and it gives us the impression that the effect happened before the action that triggered it. It's like you'd perceive the doorbell sound but before you'd actually push the button. Weird, right? Why are our brains Mm -hmm. so easily fooled? Well, it's because our conscious minds have a lot of work to do. We have to translate the world around us. Think about what might happen in the near future and figure out what to do next. All of that takes time, which is not great when you're facing fast-moving danger. Imagine a dangerous wild animal (laughs) jumps out at you. If you have to consciously think about how to react, you're done for! Luckily, our brains have emergency response kits that kick in when we need them most. The startle reflex is the fastest response triggered by a noise or sudden movement. Within 5 milliseconds, a lot of muscles are triggered into reacting, and you're already on the move before you know it. If we have a few more milliseconds, our brains can act in a more interesting way. The amygdala, our brain's first stop shop for processing emotions, takes about 12 milliseconds to process a threat. It's not super sophisticated, but it can easily detect danger. In fact, some of our best actions are done without conscious decision-making. Anything we do in less than half a second, like hitting a ball or catching someone's glance, is done automatically. So, while our conscious minds are great for long-term strategy, some of our best actions are accomplished without it. But let's get down to the real question. Thoughts can vary. Sure, we all know that because we've lived it. Making a difficult career or parenting choice takes a lot more thinking than choosing what to top your ice cream with. But did you ever wonder what the speed of thought is? I mean, do we need a Ferrari to keep up with our brains, or can we simply stick to a bicycle? Well, some scientists have tackled this tricky question by measuring how quickly we become aware of the information we gather through our senses. Apparently we can detect stimuli that lasts as little as 50 milliseconds. That's about 1 20th of a second in case you're counting. Now, if we're talking about sensing and responding, let's use the sprinter reacting to the starting noise as a benchmark. That's lightning fast, taking only about 150 milliseconds. However, the speed of our nerve pathways can put a damper on our speedy thoughts. Back in the day, scientists estimated that it took 115 feet per second for information to travel down our nerves. But, thanks to modern research, we now know that some well-insulated nerves can move at up to a whopping 394 feet per second. That's comparable to a bunch of the world's fastest cars in the world, like an Aston Martin or a McLaren. When you put it that way, the speed of thought is pretty quick. But don't worry, you don't have to train like an Olympian to keep up with your own brain. You might have even stopped to think about how many thoughts you have in a day. That question counts as a thought too, you know. Spoiler alert, it's more than you think. From the moment you wake up to the moment you fall asleep, and maybe even after that, your brain is constantly churning out thoughts. Some of these thoughts might be simple, like, I need to do laundry, or I should call my mom. Others might be more complex, like, what's the meaning of life, or how do we love? Believe it or not, a study conducted in 2020 found out that an average person has over 6,000 thoughts per day. That's a lot of thinking. The study used brain scans to track when new thoughts began while participants were either resting or watching a movie. But not all thoughts are created equal. Some thoughts can make us feel happy and excited, while others can bring us down and cause us to worry. For most people, those negative thoughts can be hard to shake. Also, did you know that your personality can affect how many thoughts you have? People who are a bit more on the jittery side tend to have more thoughts than those who are calmer. But don't worry, having a noisy brain doesn't automatically mean there's something wrong with you. Sometimes, our brains can even produce intrusive thoughts that are disturbing or upsetting. While it's natural to have these kinds of thoughts occasionally, if they're happening frequently and disrupting your daily routine, it might be worth talking to a professional. So, where do all these thoughts come from? Your brain's nerve cells or neurons are responsible for communicating with other cells by generating neurotransmitters. This sets off a chain reaction of firing neurons, which then creates thoughts. But what if you want to change your thoughts? It's possible! Techniques like mindfulness and working with a trained specialist can help you address unwanted thoughts and give you a more relaxed state of mind. Our brains are somewhat similar to the muscles that help us move around. We can train it to make our lives better. To an extent, that is. At the end of the day, it's not the number of thoughts that matters, but how they affect you and what comes out of them. Speaking of weird stuff brains can do, some mind-blowing news just hit the scientific community. Researchers have discovered some weird brain waves in octopuses. Yes, you heard that right. These eight armed wonders feature a type of brainwave we've never stumbled upon in the animal kingdom. Now, before you go imagining little octopuses wearing tiny shower caps with electrodes sticking out, let me tell you how this discovery was made. Scientists surgically attached electrodes to octopuses' brains and were able to get a glimpse into their thought processes. The amazing project captured the first-ever brain recordings of octopuses that can move around as they please, and the results are mind-bending. The researchers discovered that some of the brainwave patterns are much like some found in the human memory center. This suggests that convergent evolution may be at play here. What does convergent evolution mean, you might ask? It's when two different animals end up having the same trait, even though they don't share a recent common ancestor. Another similar example of convergent evolution is that of dolphins and bats. They both use sound to figure out where they are, but their environment couldn't be more different. Octopuses have been considered fascinating by scientists and non-scientists alike. From their remarkable memories to their ability to camouflage themselves, these creatures are nothing short of incredible. They've been known to use objects to solve problems, and they even dream. Yeah, you heard that right the color ripples that we can see across their skin as they sleep can show us that they may be dreaming too. However, octopuses are notoriously difficult to study. They can touch every part of their body with those long arms, which means they may have no problem removing whatever tracking objects
1: scientists might have placed on them. To be the apple of one's eye, to have butterflies in your stomach, to fall head over heels. These are just some ways of saying we're falling in love. A feeling so overwhelming that it makes our hearts beat faster and our palms sweatier. And as much as we think that love is something that's happening in our hearts, actually, it's happening in our brains. Now, here's Sarah. We'll follow her around to get a closer look into the science of love in our brains. Not stalking, just following. She's going on her first date with a guy she met on a dating app. She spent the entire evening trying to figure out what to wear. And when the time finally came to meet her date, she was feeling dizzy and her stomach was tingling. Most of us can relate to these feelings, which psychologists call anticipation. Anticipation. (laughs) Science explains that this is caused by our brain releasing a large amount of cortisol, also known as the stress hormone. The release of cortisol makes us get into a fight-or-flight mode. This means that if her date is 20 minutes late and they don't text Sarah with an explanation, she'll probably leave the restaurant as fast as she can. Dating can be tricky for our system because it's so uncertain. Will Sarah like Tom? They're both risking something by being here. But since no risk goes unacknowledged, falling in love triggers another part of our brain. This part is known as the awards and compensation area or the ventral tegmental area the VTA. When the VTA is triggered, we feel satiated and motivated. We activate the VTA when we eat something sweet and delicious, or when we quench our thirst. But there's a trick to it. It turned out that Tom didn't show up on their date, and Sarah felt rejected. At this moment, the VTA is highly active. This part of the brain is responsible for our cravings. And you know what they say, we want what we can't have. But Sarah tries again. She goes on another date and meets Dave. And they turn out to be a match. After a couple of dates, all Sarah can think about is Dave. Actually, she thinks about him about 80% of her waking hours. And this is very normal. According to behavioral neuroscientist Dr. Sandra Langslag, people in early love stages can think about their loved ones for up to 90% of their time. Yes, falling in love is like an obsession. This obsession is intensified when the VTA releases the feel-good neurotransmitter known as dopamine. Ooh, can't get enough of dopamine. At this moment, Sarah starts to feel euphoric and more drawn toward Dave. Everything about him pleases her. And for a moment, she believes she has found the perfect guy. Now, the reasons why Sarah and Dave click with each other can also be explained by brain chemistry. One of the reasons can be due to the so-called pheromones, both parties can pick up on each other's pheromones, which are natural chemical signals that convey important genetic or even physical information. Basically, their brains understood that their genetics matched well together, which intensify the production of estrogen, in Sarah's case, and testosterone, in Dave's case. At this phase, they both tend to see each other as flawless. The rose-colored glasses phase happens because the part of the brain that is in operation Talks louder than our prefrontal cortex, which hosts our ability for critical thinking. So we literally can't criticize our beloved. But this won't last forever. With time, Sarah and Dave start sharing intimate secrets and even a daily routine. They're entering a new phase of their relationship, known as an attachment or compassionate love. At this moment, our brain starts releasing oxytocin and vasopressin, known as pair-bonding hormones. They signal trust, feelings of social support, and attachment. They both feel safer in the relationship, and they also know they can count on each other to build a happy future together. In this way, romantic love is similar to other forms of love, as these hormones also help bond families and friendships. Now, here's a curious side effect of the release of oxytocin. Sarah has been having a hard time at her job, since her company is cutting down on half of the staff everyone in her company is afraid they'll get fired and people's stress levels are skyrocketing. But Sarah is managing to keep her stress under control. The fact that she's in a long-term committed relationship helps her feel calmer, and she owes all of this to the constant release of oxytocin by her brain. A 2019 research showed that strong romantic love bonds can make hardship more tolerable. The research asked 102 people, to dive their hands into ice-cold water for a few minutes. And out of these participants, those who were in committed relationships appeared to experience less stress or pain. Even those whose partners weren't beside them during the task. It was enough just to rely on a mental picture of their partners. Now, that's true love, huh? Some other weird things can happen when you're in love. Like telepathy, for example. And I'm not joking. But researchers call it neural synchrony, which means that couples tend to share similar thought patterns. Professor Zoe Donaldson, who conducted the study, says that the more a couple is connected, the more synchrony they can show. Another research also showed that couples can even synchronize their heartbeats when sleeping side by side. And no, it's not only us humans that fall in love and can experience the things we've been talking about. Some animals are proven to feel attachment bonds toward each other. For example, albatrosses keep coming back to the same partner their whole lives. They migrate all year round, but still come back to a repeated spot where they meet and greet each other once again. Now, it's normal that with time, the rose-colored glasses fade, and the prefrontal cortex can finally do its job. Judgment and critical thinking arise again, and both parties begin to see flaws in their beloved. Sarah doesn't like the way Dave always leaves his socks spread across the apartment. And Dave thinks Sarah watches too much Netflix. The thing is, sometimes these little things become too much, and the relationships may simply end. Surprisingly enough, breakups are also managed by the brain. Although Sarah thinks she did the right thing when breaking up with Dave, she feels something close to physical pain. That's because heartbreaks activate the insular cortex — a region of the brain that processes pain. But the insular cortex doesn't distinguish emotional pain from physical pain. So, heartbreak can hurt as much as spraining your ankle. As the days pass, Sarah finds herself daydreaming about contacting Dave again. While cleaning up her house, she found some of the things Dave forgot to take with it. Sometimes, the desire to reach out feels overwhelming, like extreme hunger or thirst. This happens because the VTA is being activated again, the motivation and reward center that drives feelings of longing. The same part of the brain that was activated at the beginning of their story together. This emotional whirlwind also activates Sarah's body alarm system, the stress axis. And since she is producing less oxytocin, it may seem difficult to handle everything she's feeling. It does get better, though. With time, the higher cortical region is activated, This region is responsible for overseeing reason and impulse control. It pumps the brakes on such irrational cravings, so the urge to text Dave will slowly fade away. This isn't Sarah's first breakup, and she knows she will be okay with time. Now, when she was younger, though, in her teen years, it was way harder to recover from a breakup. That's because the higher cortical region was still maturing, so teens tend to have fewer self-control mechanisms in situations such as these. Well, soon enough, Sarah will feel like meeting someone new, and once again, she'll hop on board this roller coaster ride we call love.
0: There are days when we feel tired and energy drained even after a good night's sleep. Fatigue and apathy may have a wide variety of reasons that differ for all people. Even a small solar storm 93 million miles away from the Earth can make your neurons work weaker. Studies have revealed that solar storms are so massive that they can desynchronize our biological clock and cause excessive sleepiness and laziness. That's because electromagnetic activity generated by the disturbance of the sun influences the pineal glands in our brains. Although this gland is very tiny, It plays the role of a big boss in your endocrine system. The pineal gland regulates many vital functions in the human body. One of its key responsibilities is to collect information about the exterior lighting and release melatonin. This hormone helps us relax and go to sleep. Abnormal electromagnetic activities cause excessive production of melatonin, which can result in fatigue and sleepiness even in the middle of the day but don't rush to put on a handmade tinfoil hat. Luckily, we have some universal tips that you can try at home to reboot your energy levels. No worries, you don't have to buy any expensive special equipment. All you need is your own body and two minutes of your precious time. Place all fingers of both your hands together, except for your thumbs. Check whether the second joints of each finger are aligned up. Apply gentle pressure by squeezing the fingers together once you put the joint over the joint and bone on bone. Don't stop using force and keep pressing for one minute. At some point, you may feel changes in your sinuses, which are the hollow spaces behind your eyes, cheekbones, and in your forehead. You may feel a gradual release of pressure in this area, and your nose may even begin to leak. If you try this exercise with someone else, you'll probably notice that the symptoms are different Mm -hmm. for different people. After one minute, release your fingers and relax your arms completely. Well, can you feel any changes in your body? Some of you may hear a slight ringing sound in the ears, experience dripping from the Eustachian tubes, or think that the area around your cheekbones and forehead became lighter. You can use this trick anytime during the day when you feel the need to recharge your battery and restore your inner peace. You can exercise even in the middle of a school test, first date with your crush, or during a stressful business meeting. No one's gonna know, it'll be our secret. This refreshing effect appears thanks to our wise and complicated anatomy. Reflexology works so well because the nervous system in your hands is directly interconnected with your head, brain, and sinuses. Mm -hmm. Hands are rich in particular pressure points that can be very helpful when you need an emergency tool to release pain and reboot your brain. When you simulate one of these reflexology points, neurotransmitters in your brain inevitably react. It means that you can trick your brain and make it tell the body to feel good and enthusiastic. And it's absolutely free, if you know the right button, of course. So let's dive into the world of superpowers hidden in your hands and explore some of the major points. But if you're currently pregnant, be careful and get your doctor's approval before working with these points. Reflexology might stimulate blood pressure changes in your body and cause an unnecessary hormonal response. One of the points is located over here on your anterior forearm. Its name is Naiguan, or pericardium 6 because it's part of the so-called pericardium channel that stretches inside the arm from the armpit area up to the middle finger. You can find the Naiguan point between the tendons by measuring four fingers below your wrist. If you can't see the area between the tendons clearly, clench your fist. Tension in your arm will make the tendons more obvious. Now, open your fist Relax the hand and massage this depression once the point is detected. Apply gentle pressure for four to five seconds. Do this exercise equally on both hands and see if you feel any difference. You can also massage the entire area afterwards to relax the arm if necessary. During this exercise, you should start feeling relaxation that can spread all through the inside of the arm and across into the inside of the chest. If you don't feel any difference, Don't get upset and just try again later. Acupuncture masters work with this point to help people feel more energized and focused, ease an upset stomach and headaches and help release discomfort in the arms and chest. Some say it's also good for reducing anxiety and travel sickness. Acupressure works by balancing the body's energy flows. These techniques work better when you're completely relaxed. If you're performing this exercise on someone else, you may want to ask them to lie down and let them relax completely there's another magical pressure point nearby called zong Tzu. it can help ease neck tension temporal headaches and shoulder and upper back pain this point is usually pretty easy to detect it's located behind the knuckles in the groove shaped by the tendons of the ring and little fingers apply firm pressure to this depression for four to five seconds you should feel pleasant flows of relaxation in the arms and cervical spine. Here's another magical button that is very helpful when experiencing anxiety or headache. Find this pressure point in the webbing between your thumb and index finger. Use your index finger and thumb to apply firm pressure to the webbing between your other hand's thumb and index finger. Slowly and gently massage the point for four to five seconds and then change hands. If you still feel drained after stimulating all the mentioned pressure points, it's time to look around. Chances are that the weather is to blame for your fatigue. If you're in a warm car outdoors on a sweltering day or in a hot classroom, it's pretty natural to feel tired and sleepy. Although we know that heat makes us tired, not many know why exactly. First of all, when it's hot, your body begins to send fluid and blood to the surface of your body to cool down. This process spends some of your body's resources, which can leave you feeling tired. Secondly, keep in mind that dehydration always causes sleepiness and fatigue. When it's hot, your body quickly loses salt and fluid in the form of sweat. Sometimes it's not the heat that makes you feel drained, but rather water misbalance that happens as a result. So drinking sufficient water is crucial if you want to feel energized during the day. And if you prefer stimulating your brain with coffee, Remember that caffeinated drinks may act like a diuretic, which means that they can cause slight dehydration within your body. Therefore, it's recommended to be careful with consuming too much coffee and drink still water to replenish the natural balance. Speaking of temperatures, studies have revealed that too cold or too hot a workplace can make it difficult for office workers to focus on their daily duties. In one of the surveys, 22% of workers complained that too hot a workspace negatively affected their concentration, and another 11% of polled people said that too cold a workplace made it hard to work. Those temperature preferences may vary depending on a person's metabolic rates and physiological habits. Helsinki University of Technology and the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory researched and discovered the highest productivity temperature. It's about 72 degrees Fahrenheit. Meanwhile, if the temperature rises higher to around 74 degrees Fahrenheit, the overall enthusiasm at the workplace begins to fall. So, if you're not satisfied with your workplace temperature, it makes sense to dress in layers or move to a conference room where you can adjust the air conditioner as you like. Perhaps it will help you boost work productivity. And if not, remember the magical reflexology tricks we discussed earlier.